Hello, James here. This is the James Cast, and it's Doc Talk with Dr. Jenna Burton. Look, we are going to be catching up on all sorts of great things. We, Jenna and I have not spoken for quite a while. So we're picking up where we left off. We're going to be talking about falling. COVID-19 factors into our conversation at the beginning and at the end. A lot of it stems to the fact that Jenna tested positive for COVID-19 when she was in the UK. So she's going to share some of her stories and a whole bunch more. But really, this is a wonderful show and it talks a lot about older folks falling and what we need to be thinking about. You're going to love it. It's the James cast. And this is a, an augmented version of what you would hear on podaholics.com. Here we go. This is Dr. Jenna. Um, all right. Thinking about Elmo song. What is that? Elmo song. Okay. This is the song. Da, 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 da. Oh, Elmo song. I think uh, so. I did that podcast, and I think uh, the guys who I did it for are saying, "Hey, uh, do we get to listen to it?" <laughs> it's <like> no, <laughs> it's gone forever. <laughs> they, they, they're subtle, though. I look forward to hearing it. Yeah, I look forward to you hearing it as well. <laughs> It'll be good, though. It's the Enviro one. Enviro serve. Yeah, it's gonna. I, I think it's epic. It's two hours long. Oh, Nexa managed to get onto the... Uh, yeah, yeah, they're, they're there. So that's... Are people listening in more now? Um, you know what? It, it depends. <laughs> you know what? No. <laughs> no, I'm just looking here. To, uh, keep talking there. I never like to touch your mics. I'm always terrified to touch your things. You're quite <laughs> possessive over your equipment. As I learned. Yeah, that sounds rude. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I nearly wrote a blog. I was thinking I'd not done a blog for a while, and I wanted to write one about um, savoring the moment. So I, I was going to write one called "Do you savor or swallow?" Because I'm thinking about food. Yeah, and then I thought, yeah, that's I don't gonna think go I should. wrong. <laughs> but naively, I really was thinking, yeah, actually, that's a good name. And then I thought, no. Yeah. But I remember doing your wires, and all I could see was your eyes. Like, yeah, you never want to do that. You don't yeah. want to play those because then it breaks them. You know, and it, it, <laughs> I know you're playing with music, and then you hear the noise. <laughs> Hey, do you want you want to hear a great intro? We've got to do one for you oh, coming up because yeah. now every show, like Colin's show, has ten minutes with Colin, which sounds like this. Ten minutes with Colin. And Glenn's show has PowerPoints. This is PowerPoints is with you? Glenn Power. Of course, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> so what do I get? I'm I don't so know. Excited. We got to make one up. We oh, like, leave me. Leave me a few days. Yes. Yeah, think. It. Think of what you want to call it, and then I will uh, fashion. So the idea is that every show has a little point where it's like that tip. It's that you know, just that thing. And I, I actually probably need to redo Collins. His was the very first one. Do Collins again. Please. Yeah. His his is just Ten. a little reverb. Ten minutes with Colin. I like it, you know. Yeah, it kind of works. So it, it it plays out nicely. Do you remember when they had? Um, Oh, Big Rossi. Yes. And they the old tune they had was the best, and then yeah. they kept changing it. Yeah. And I, I actually preferred it when they yeah. had uh, the initial one. So I think we need to have like that, that you know, that little advice column section, sort of like the Ann Landers, but that little comes from Dr. Jenna. Okay, right. Leave it with so me. So think of the title thing. you want for it, and then I'll fashion up a little thing. Because Collins isn't actually 10 minutes, is it? It's no, he usually does 10 minutes. What? Collins is a 10 minute podcast? <laughs> no, he does a long podcast with 10 minutes being a tip on AC or something. So it's in the middle of the podcast. We fire that off. So this is in the podcast. So it would right. be Doc Talk and we'd be talking and then we'd have you know, Dr. Jenna's tip. Okay, brilliant. Yeah. Advice from yeah, Dr. Jenna. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, oh, see? look, I love this. Yeah, so then we got them all. So it makes it kind of fun. 
Yeah, and then you're going to record with a funny voice, hopefully. So, I, yeah, I just I'll play with it. I usually put some echo and reverb and find some sound effects. And, Perfect. You know, I, I kind of like this one because there's, there's about five different sounds put together for Glenn's to give it the sound, including... This is PowerPoints <laughs> with Glenn Power. I, I mean, screeching cars. There's someone hammering on stuff. No, it and, sounds like there's a helicopter coming, yeah. which is hilarious because he doesn't actually repair <laughs> helicopters, only cars. But still. Although we did talk about a 1921 French car that was designed by a helicopter manufacturer that literally had the helicopter blade on the front. So for that one, <laughs> one episode, this is relevant. But it's, I mean, it sounds good. It doesn't matter about where it comes from. It's like, right. um, so just figured years ago, I used to do contemporary dance and you used to always have to have a reason behind yeah. every movement. Yes. But what you found is you'd make up the dance and then be like, and this is me reaching out to the yeah, world. There we go. So just make sure you're talking into that mic and away we go. Let's do it. Here we go. Podcast time right here from the Rove Hotel, downtown Dubai podcast studio. And it is Doc Talk with Dr. Jenna Burton. It has been a while. So I'm really happy that we're going to get to do this. And literally, we're going back in the notes and we're doing the falling episode. We never did it, James. No, we never did it. Do you know, it always makes me laugh, though, because when you're ready to start business, it doesn't matter what I'm saying, but in the middle of my conversation, he just starts playing the theme tune. I know, I know I've got to stop, stop messing about. I've got to get on to business. Wouldn't it be nice to have one of those in real life? Like, just as you're talking, you can just push the button and people know what's going on. Do you ever get into the situation where you find it hard to round off a conversation and leave? Yeah. Especially when you don't know people. Yeah. Fine when you know someone, but when you don't know anybody. Yeah. I find that if you go for like, not that we have done for almost a year, where you go for dinner and drinks at someone's house and everyone's standing up mingling yeah. and you kind of get into, caught into a conversation, you think, I'm kind of ready to, to go somewhere now. <laughs> but you don't you don't feel like you, you've got that word to say to yeah. kind of excuse yeah. yourself. When, and then the third person leaves, so it's only you and that one yeah, person. And you're trapped. Okay, well, this was fun. Got to go. <laughs> What do you do? Because you're quite abrupt when you're ready to end that. I, I really don't like going out for dinner so much with other people because I don't like to have to mingle. Can you imagine? It's it's kind of a, a because I spend so much time talking yeah. and things. Then when you get together, people figure, oh, we've heard him on the podcast. Oh, we heard him on radio. Oh, we hear what you're your professor. So you must have a lot to say. And when I go out, I really don't want to talk at all. I just like to listen and I really don't want to go out at all. So it, it's. Are you a bit of a social recluse? Yeah, outside kind of. of yeah, yeah, pretty much. Pretty so much. do you so say it's sort of a typical weekend or week would you rather your preference be going home and yeah you say that james but you're always at restaurants you you tag you, you yeah but never with other people <laughs> just just you and your wife yes yeah that's nice but it's true sometimes i think when you're really sociable people assume that you're going to be sociable in your own space yeah. like i'm quite anti-social in my own yeah. space i quite like people that around me that i don't have to really make an effort with because you're out all day especially when i'm working in the hostel or clinics oh, man, yeah. you're interacting with people all day and that's lovely but you also need a bit of time to I, yourself i totally get you i totally get it and i think that's that makes it kind of fun so how, it's been so long we want to catch so up long. it's I, been so long i went back to the uk for a little holiday and then obviously a caught the obligatory covid so then couldn't travel I know, for when, a while when you said that i was like you've got to be joking that you you know had covid and i, I really wanted to catch up then i look forward to coming <laughs> not back before, not well, pre-covid no, just post. no but truth be told remember you know you were taking a, a little bit of downtime when you were away and you you said oh yeah i'm, I'm not on my socials i'm not on so i actually found another phone number to actually call you on remember i did call you so i'm, I'm sat outside <laughs> of my mum's garden and the next minute mum picks up the phone she's like 
hello, James. And she said, Jenna, it's Professor James. <laughs> I was like, you could not even get your number. <laughs> but yeah, I was taking, I took a bit of time out, yeah. which was lovely. And I think, I never really, it's not my kind of thing. And as my friends thought, it didn't last long yeah. because they said I'd get the FOMO. So the fear of missing out. So after about two weeks, I was kind of not really back on social media. I'm only just at yeah. that point now where I'm ready to go back on. But I sort of deleted WhatsApp for a little bit and just needed a bit of space. I get I think. that. When you life is busy, life's really busy, and it is nice to take a step out. Yeah. But then what was happening is everyone thought I died, and so my mum's phone was going oh, like crazy. Right. They really thought right. there was something seriously wrong. She's like, "No, she's fine. She sat here. Yeah. She just wants a bit of time." So out. walk us through the COVID thing because you know we we hear a lot about things. So one thing I start hearing from people is, "I don't know anyone who's had COVID." You're the <laughs> second person I actually know who's had it, and fortunately for yourself and the other person that I, I am an acquaintance with, it wasn't need to be on a ventilator kind of thing, which is fortunately a small group of people. But the, uh, the other person I know also was a little bit weary, a little bit tired, you know, had some headaches, had some things going on. What, what, how did the, how did it all manifest for you? So how I found out I had COVID is I just finished the quarantine in the UK and I only had a very short amount of time that I could go out and play out, mm. as it were, before I had to then come back to, to Dubai to complete work. And I suddenly, I sort of thought I'd burnt my mouth. I thought, oh. you know, I feel like I'm not really tasting things. So I assumed I must have burnt my mouth, but couldn't really remember what. You know, when you've had yeah. a really hot soup or yeah. something, and yeah. then you, uh, you feel like you just haven't got the same level of taste. And then I... I what happened is the boys had been to the toilet twice so you know I've told you for a while we've been doing a very slow potty training and they're pretty much there it's taken a long time <laughs> a long time because um, they egg each other on and they get lazy as well these boys and then they're playing and they go no it's okay I'll just go in my pants like no don't just go in your pants oh, and on two occasions they had done that and I and they told me and I thought they were fibbing because I'd smell do the obligatory smell the bottom which yeah. mums do which is disgusting but we all do it yeah. And I was like, no, you haven't, you little tease, because they sometimes yeah, like to tell me little porkies. And my little mom, porkies? Porcupies, like lice. You ever heard Porcupi that, James? No, I've never heard that expression. You say, are you telling me porkies? Like, is that just from your part of England, that uh, saying? Or I is actually that, think that is... Or is that just yours? No, I think that is Cockney rhyming slang. Ah, okay. It's like, I'm trying to think of others, but you, you say something that totally doesn't sound okay. like, but it's got a very... Okay, that's cool, I like it. It's like, like porcupies, it. lies, it's, it's quite similar. Lies. Okay, I like it. So I thought they were telling me porcupies. And then they say, no, no, take a look, and they're showing no, you. No, they didn't, no, oh, they, didn't, oh. they didn't do that, they carried on. <laughs> and then my mum would walk into the house and she'd go, dear Lord, it stings in here. <laughs> and I said, isn't it funny, because I've got the most sensitive sense of smell. I said, hey, I... I can't taste anything really and I can't smell anything. So alarm bells start going off. Uh oh, better go get tested. Well, I, I felt completely fine. I okay. thought, I wonder if I've got COVID. And as I said that, I had a text message from a friend to say, just so you know, when you came to mine the other day, there was a girl that's now just tested positive oh, and I didn't okay. interact. I, I, I talked yeah. to her, but she was on a different chair. Yeah, yeah. So we didn't embrace. Uh, she was sat. I mean, she was probably over the, the sort of two meter rule away, okay. but we were chatting. Because were you masked up or at that point in that? No, no, no. Because no, you're about two meters away. It, so It's different in the UK as okay. well. So you have got to wear a mask. You go to shops and things, but not mm. in somebody's house. Okay. Um, and this was before, the, so they've, they've just now brought in, you can have six people within a household in the UK, but this was before that. Right. So I thought, oh, uh oh, what am I going to do? So I was then put on an NHS track and trace system. 
And I, I kept saying that COVID felt exactly the same, but I got a lot of phone calls in the NHS. So I think mm. on the first day I had 18 phone calls. Wow. The second day I had 10, just because they want to know yeah, yeah. where you got it from, like how, how it was transmitted, etc. But then I was in a household with two adults and two children. And none, I mean, I'm, I'm sure... I'm sure some of those had had COVID, but yeah. didn't get tested because you have to isolate anyway. I, my test came back positive, so therefore couldn't travel. And, and we had to isolate them for two weeks. But I felt exactly the same, to be honest, James. And I think mm. there's, if you read now, there's a lot of data to suggest that the newer version of COVID, yeah. because it evolves over time, it is a living virus, is much more mild. Doesn't mean you don't get the extreme cases on the ventilators, right. but I think generally there's a lot of asymptomatic or very light symptom mm. people I, I yeah i think it's it's important at that point as you're saying to to really be vigilant though you you don't want to be the person who passes it on to someone who's got a weakened immune system or and and the other so that's one thing the other yeah. thing that I'm, I'm always very curious about is is folks like yourself who've had this experience how it's going to be you know because you you hear about in some cases people have these long-term things that, yeah. that keep coming back on them that aren't you know shortness of breath or brain fog or and i'm i'm all i'm very curious with as you say these mutations as they've gone through and and as you've suffered what's going to happen i mean it's difficult i, I still can't really smell and i, I still really? can't really taste how I long have, has that been oh, oh gosh over, yes. over a month uh, yeah well over a month they, they say it can take up to six weeks but there are cases of people not getting it back at all and i'm a little bit concerned about that oh. um, I, I hope i do because actually i get quite self-conscious about about like my about myself because i normally have such an acute sense of smell yeah i don't know if i smell like so. right sure you've been to the gym you come home and it's like oh, i smell okay well, yeah, <laughs> husband I, I, walks in whoa what's going on here i started to become a bit paranoid about putting like an extra dose of perfume on and and, and, and like really and that has a problem on its own right yeah, doesn't it because then people got, don't yeah. Could you smell me when I came in? No, but I was in the elevator coming up earlier and I and and someone had been in that elevator who had put the extra dose Too of perfume much. on because I was going, I really like the smell of white linen, but I wonder where the person is who has this on because <laughs> they're not in the elevator with me and I didn't see anyone lining you know, up. I once had to tell a personal trainer to tone it down on the aftershave because he would, obviously you get quite close to a personal trainer sometimes and I was like, I can't breathe, yeah. I just can't breathe. But I am, I, I get worried about things and um, because because you don't have the ability to know whether it's yeah. appropriate for the people. Not, I mean, we're not really getting close at the moment, but sometimes in work, yeah. you know, you share a desk and you just want to make sure everything's really nice. So that that's a little bit of a concern. And with regards to the other symptoms, I'm quite funny in the sense that I try not to involve myself too much in reading about the long-term side effects people get because I think sometimes you can talk yourself into thinking you have them. Yeah, and yeah, at, at the time I was tired, but you know, I had, I had two little boys that were then stuck in the UK and they weren't able to, yeah. you know, get home and they, they missed their toys and yeah. things like that. So I wasn't sleeping as well. So I was tired anyway. And I think it's very easy to start linking things together. Yeah. Um, it's like if you read, if you take out a packet of medication, you read the side effects. Oh. <laughs> but it, it put you off taking anything, wouldn't it? It does. It does. It, that's that's good in some ways because you know you don't yeah. you don't want to take unnecessary medications. But always be advised by your pharmacist or physician of the the side effects that that really do link. Because when I, I worked very very briefly in pharma, 
And if anybody... What, what, what division of medicine haven't you worked in? <laughs> there isn't one. <laughs> so I say I'm a jack of all trades in the medical field. And if somebody rings up and says, I've had a side effect yeah. with this particular medication, and I don't know this is how it works now, it was a long time ago, they have to note it down. It has to be noted down. So even if yeah. they have something that is related to another problem that they have... Yeah. If they have linked, that per individual person has linked their problem with the medication, there is usually sort of a legal thing where they have to at least write it down that some mm. people have had it. So that's why I say take it with a pinch of salt. And hence why I think some of these more lukewarm type symptoms that could yeah. be explained by other things, I, I, I'm trying not to associate. And just, you know, I had COVID. You know, my sense of smell and taste aren't great, but it's fine. And mm. just carry on as normal now. Just move on from yeah, it. That's good. I mean, that's good to know. So, and just keep masking and keep doing whatever you do. And But you're not sure exactly how you got it. Like you said, you were... Well, I, 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 it will have been from that, that episode, but how it, you know, I, I guess it could be anything. She could have touched something. Yeah. I could have touched something whilst I was there. But my concern was more that I'd been with my grandma two days previous. And so the onset of symptoms, you've normally already had it for a few days. Um, and luckily she was okay. That was oh, my... Great. That was my fear because yeah. um, she was the only other person that I'd seen that would be vulnerable. We don't usually date stamp these things, but it is October 13th. And I want to date stamp it because I, I find it interesting how different countries are dealing with things. So France has some ridiculous numbers, right? It's like 20,000 cases a day and they're not closing anything down. Canada... You know, Quebec gets 600 cases in a day. And I don't know what the number it was yesterday, maybe 650 cases. They're closing stuff down in the red zones. I mean, we're talking closed. Yeah. France, 20,000. Oh, we can't close stuff down. It's interesting how different parts of the world deal with this and yeah. trying to figure out what to do. And and I don't know if, if locking stuff down does anything. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's a weird situation we're in. It, it really is. And it's a balance as well, because what I haven't mentioned is when we were in the UK, um, there were two people that were very close to me that needed to seek medical attention. Mm. Now, trying to get medical attention is almost impossible because yeah. of COVID. And I think it's great that we are acknowledging that it, it, it exists. We protect those that are vulnerable. But ultimately, you can't then deny access to healthcare for... Yeah for everybody because there are other serious illnesses that are going on in this world and that made me a bit apprehensive generally because I, I think yes COVID is there but there are other things and we can't we can't right. just prioritize COVID over everything in the world. Well, and this is a great segue because we wanted to talk about falling and yeah. bones and those kind of things. And this fits right in with it because all of a lot of these surgeries, a lot of these elective surgeries yes. are globally are, are literally on hold. You need a knee replacement. Yeah. Good luck. You need a hip replacement. It better be absolutely vital that you need it. But if you can live in pain for, you know, a few more months, you might end up living in pain for four, five, months. six, eight months because and the rest, you're no longer a priority. And then think of everything else. I think more about oncology treatment. Oh, I think man. that's the, yeah. and also the, they haven't had very high rates of um, cancers recently. And I, from, you know, this is more looking at the UK data. And the belief is, is that at some point we're going to find quite a lot of people a lot more advanced in their cancer when mm. they do present. Because yeah. people are terrified about going to see the doctors. And if they do want to go, it's not easy. And they're not running yeah. the same tests or investigations as they were on a regular basis. Yeah, there's been a lot of, of redeployment of human resources. And and it's just going to the hospital, right? So you're A, you're going to places where people could be sick. And forget about COVID. It's all the other things that are out there too that we don't often pay a lot of attention yeah. to. And now now we're just heightened, this heightened awareness of, 
you know, I don't want to get anything. And it's, it's, there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of fear. The only good thing is, is that although there's a lot of job losses, I swear the NHS must be creating tons <laughs> of jobs just from the testing, the yeah. call centres, the yeah. everything that's COVID related. The, I, I, I can't mm. imagine how many people are employed by them at the moment yeah. just to do it. And one guy was employed and he had, you know, when you're picking up rubbish, you've seen those right. guys. Yeah. That, what is it when they don't go to prison, but they have to do community service in America and they have these like little pickers up to pick up the rubbish that they, they literally put one into your car door to take your test from the car to put in this bin. I was like, that's the best job ever. I'd love to do that. Just stick stick in the little picker upper and put it in the uh, in the uh, in the clinical waste bin. Oh, man. But yeah, like so it's it's I mean it's just a weird time. And I don't think yeah. any of us I don't think when we had our conversation in February, we thought no. we'd still be here in October considering yeah. COVID. No. No, I I, I really didn't. And it's and I, I think we just we were just past World Mental Health Day, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think that was the yesterday, the day before. And, you know, just the people talking about that. And I think this whole COVID thing and just forget COVID-19, just the, the people have lost jobs, people's families have been re-displaced and things are, you know, little things affect people in such significant ways that this that our whole mental stability and mental well-being, I think, is is something that while people are talking about it, they're not necessarily doing anything about it. And does that make sense to you? Yeah, absolutely. So people are, yeah, it's creating a buzz on social media, isn't it, yeah. to talk about mental health, but what's changed yeah. other than increasing numbers of people are committing suicide at the moment. Oh, man. People aren't coping. Yeah. And it might be an observational bias, but more so in the UK, I've noticed a lot of people talking about more burglaries and crime. Mm, mm. You think, well, people, they've got to live. How yeah. do they live if they've lost their jobs? Yeah. You know, people do turn to extreme measures to try and support their families or support themselves to live. And it's scary. I, I almost think it's it's organizations who, you know, they, they're letting people go. I almost feel like they still have an obligation to be in touch with those people that they let go in some way, shape or form, even if it's it's kind of a outside of work contacts system, just to say, hey, how's it going? You know, are you okay? Is there, you know, it's, it's no longer, sorry, you don't have a job anymore. And yeah, you can get benefits somehow or some way. And, but there's that whole stigma. It's like, you know, you're, you're 40 something and you lose your job because of, of what's going on around the world. It's like, okay, I got two kids and I've got a mortgage and I've, am I going to be able to find another job? Because there's another bunch of people who've lost their jobs and suddenly, yeah, there's hope. And yes, there's, there's the basic level of, of maintenance, but your life is totally changed and something snaps. But I feel for a lot of the, the very skilled workforce, for instance, I mean, the, the main one that comes to mind is the pilots. Yeah. These people have worked very hard oh, to get man. into, a, you know, a, yeah. I hate to say it, but a high flying career. Yeah, yeah. And, and then suddenly what do you do? Because who on earth is hiring pilots yeah. at the moment? I, I also feel sorry for the pilots and this is global, right? They've lived lot folks who've lost their jobs and, and I'm going to pick on the Air France crew right now. I feel sorry, and I'm just saying these guys because Air France has decommissioned all A380s. All of them now. So imagine if you were that A380 pilot, you never got your last flight. That that last one where you got off and you gave them your cap at the end and you gave them your credentials and you're done. Like, that's it. You you just sort of, you did one flight and then everything got grounded and you, there's no closure. And I think in those jobs, to it's such a rapid, you know, all pilots and, and flight crews, such a rapid change. Like you went from working to, like you said, now you're not working. And what are you going to do? 
<laughs> well, it's, it's just sort of a very sad fizzle to things. Yeah. It's not, like you say, it's really lovely when things come to a natural close. And it depends on the type of character you are. But I know I like things to be boxed. I like yeah. a start, a middle and an end. And if you don't get that ending, I guess you do. You feel a bit incomplete. Yeah. And I guess you and I can't really even think about it because the two, well, communication is always going to exist. And, and yeah. yours might evolve slightly into different types of communication. And likewise, healthcare is still very much at the forefront, it, probably more yeah. so than it's ever been. And I feel very fortunate that I'm I'm in that industry. Um, I remember my dad said, you'll never be rich, Janet, but you'll, you'll always be in a job. Um, and I thought, okay, well, that, that'll, that'll do. Safety's a really good thing. Um, but I, I just feel so sorry for people that have worked so hard to get to where they are. And then now, what do you do? Yeah, no, exactly. And I think... I, I, you almost feel bad talking to some people that we know who've had major salary cuts or they've lost their job and you know your job has stayed intact and maybe the salary cuts have been much less or you haven't had any salary cut and that's it's it's difficult it's really difficult as well because we're expats although I have to say I think Dubai has handled everything really well because they've tried to keep a, right. a maintenance of normal as much as possible but they this alka gel everywhere yeah everything is so clean it's you know you can it's see amazing. your face in it yeah, it's amazing they do the temperature checks I feel like there's nothing that they couldn't have done to still maintain a relatively normal existence so you know high five to Dubai um but you know at the same time we've had to we, we've had lifestyle changes and I, and I feel for the people that have lost the jobs and the children are in a level of schooling that they now mm. can't afford yeah that is so much pressure on somebody's shoulders to not just have to worry about yourself but about your entire family unit yeah. uh, and then to potentially uproot them and go back to a place where they're their children don't have friends. They have to start totally over again. Some people had only just arrived in Dubai and set imagine? everything up. Yeah. Can you yeah. imagine? I, I can't. I can't even, I, you know, I, I sometimes think, oh, I'm going to, I want to imagine what that would be like. I can't. I, yeah. I, I can't even get my mind into that spot. So it's, it's crazy. Yeah, I know. Even my, my little grandma, she ended up in hospital the other day and couldn't have any visitors. And I think, gosh, that's so cruel. Yeah. You know, she's, she's still 93 and... I think at the, the end of the day, all you want is somebody to talk to at that age, especially yeah. when you can't really see properly. You can't yeah. really, couldn't, you couldn't like listen to an audio book or anything because your hearing is just not good enough and you have to use sort of the mouth to be yeah. able to read, to lip read. Um, and there's no television in the UK unless you, you pay for the television. She'd never know how to do that on her own, but mm. my dad couldn't come in to do it. You think, gosh, it's just it's a bit cruelty really. Yeah. No, it's big, and, and that again, that that's what where I did we bring want, it in for a reason, James. Where we wanted to go, yeah, you bring know, us into the elderly and the falls and and frailness, and it's. It, it, I almost feel that this falling issue and bones and that stuff kind of gets swept under the carpet. Like we all know it's there. We've all seen the people shuffling around, and as they get older, and sometimes with canes, and sometimes with walkers and stuff. But I, I really get the impression we don't talk or think enough about it, especially, you know, when we're in our 40s and our 50s and, our, and, and coming into our 60s, both for us as people who will eventually be in that category to be beware of, but also to be aware of, the, of our grandparents and our parents as they're advancing in age to keep our eyes out and, and just be aware that they're going to get into that that zone where a little fall which we might think you might think is a little if you're in your 20s a little slip and we we've all done it slipped on some water slipped on a carpet slipped on dog so, it's how long you've been in dubai slipped on some ice james yeah, yeah. slipped on some ice I, <laughs> it's, it's that time of year in, in north america and, and in the uk slip on some ice it, it could be catastrophic whereas when when you and i might do that it might not have, it might not be such a bad thing 
And we're not talking about it. I think we've mentioned in the past many times about parts of medicine being trendy and like what's savvy and little old lady fallings, just not something that I think grabs media attention. And if it's not talked about in the media, then it's not really talked about at yeah. home. And and yeah, I think amongst doctors and, and any healthcare professional, we're very aware of the side effects of falling. And it, you know, if I do a shift in A&E or in medicine back in the hospitals in the UK, full query cause, you're going to see like a good number of them every single shift. It's What's one what, of the... Well, that's the, st- the, st- the, the statistic you have here. One third of people 65 and years of older fall at least, at least once a year. Yeah. At least. Well, think about it. You you become more frail as you get older. Your sense of balance is poorer. Your stability because of your, not just, uh, people always think about the hips, but also their knees, the ankles and their yeah. feet is, is less. Your vision is not as good. So your sensory perception is, is a lot more poor. Um, so people don't realise how more susceptible you are to falling mm. anyway. And then when you do fall, there are some catastrophic things that can happen on the back of the fall. So one, you have the actual trauma of the fall itself a lot of these people are a bit older they might have had strokes in the past they might have atrial fibrillation where they have irregular heartbeats and hence they've been put on blood thinners there's a high proportion of people over a certain age that are on blood thinners so if they have a fall and they hit the head well that's that's catastrophic that's it they bleed out they could have a a bleed on the brain they could have a even a bleed if you were to break your leg you don't realize your femur so the the biggest bone in the body between the knee and the hip is is quite vulnerable for um for fracture as you get older and if that bleeds out i mean that's life-threatening as so well. when the femur breaks the fact that it, it cuts an artery or something is no, that people don't realize that bones have got blood there's blood so the femur is, is full of blood and the, 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 the blood supply in in your bones so therefore when you when ah. you break the bone the blood vessels i thought they were just break. solid i mean they Every, have a they have a marrow core right the bone marrow yeah but, the, but there's the, blood going through too the, they're like it, it it's alive. Your bone ah. is still alive, and people people don't realize. I don't realize that at all. It's like you get something called a vascular necrosis, and it's when I've heard that. Yeah, so, but I have no idea what it is. So, especially <laughs> when people are on steroids long term, uh-huh. the blood supply around the top of the femur becomes less, and therefore oh. actually actually dies. So the it, it becomes avascular, which really? is sort of Latin for no vessels. No vas- vascular is like um, four vessels basically, yeah. um, and then necrosis is death. So it's death of all the tissues, including the bone. Yikes! And very very painful so people don't really and myself as well even it's only sort of constant reminders of being in the hospital that you remember that bones are living things you you kind of you don't you forget about it um and they're always changing the composition as well which is why when you get older you get less calcium deposition in them and they become um they they become more vulnerable for breaks and things like that and less more so less collagen which is what's responsible for the breaks and um so when people fall and they break the femur that is life-threatening from a blood issue you can Really? You can bleed out through huh. your internal. Is it slow? Um, well, no, it depends how it depends how you break it, obviously. Okay. But no, no, normally that would be quite a rapid bleed. Yikes. Um, uh, yeah, so there's, there's various ways that it can be very dangerous through the trauma of the fall. Mm. But then when you fall and if somebody lives on their own or they're not, if yeah. somebody's not with them at the time, then you're looking at something called a long lie which is where you've got people lying. They might, it might be cold. The heating might turn off. They're in countries mm. that, are, that are particularly cold. They might not have their necessary medications because they miss 
their med- they can't access their medications. Um, they might be in a position that they're pressing on certain muscular tissue and they get something called rhabdomyolysis, which is where the tissue starts to break down because of the pressure. Oh, yeah. um, and, and that causes something called lactic acidosis, which creates this really acid environment in the, the body, which again is very dangerous. It, it upsets the entire metabolism of the, of the body. How long um, does it take for something like that to kick in? So when you're talking a long lie, are we talking a day or two days lying? Look, if you and I lay on the floor now and we stayed there for a day be really uncomfortable but we could do it and we we wouldn't get that necessary breakdown so it depends an awful lot on age the general health of the person Mm. but yeah after sort of about six hours you're looking at uh, at these things start to happen Um, even when we have patients in the hospital one of the things you've got to look out for is pressure sores if someone sits over 12 24 hours on the same spot so it's often on the bottom of their back the sacrum that they get it um, the tissue starts to degrade and it becomes effectively like an open wound like a boil kind of like a it start off as a boil, oh, yeah, man. and then as the blister would wear off, you're then looking at an open wound that's Yikes. open to infection. So it, it's not uncommon to see people in nursing homes that haven't been turned or mm. checked appropriately to have big, huge, open, uh, dirty wounds that are really infective, and, and that, that's a life threat in its own right. Um, and the statistic is for anybody that breaks their neck of femur, so their hip, and um, that they, they usually have a 50% survival after... That's all? 50%? Do you not know that? No. I'm sure I've given you the statistic no, I think you before. probably have, but I, it, it's, you know, James, obviously remember, to you, normally, <laughs> then if you, I say that because your memory is so good. My memory is terrible. And I'm looking at the notes too, so it's all in here. Your memory, your memory is, is honestly, it's second to none. But I, I, I seem to have forgotten that one because it's such a startling fact. It is. I mean, you have to remember these people are normally older. Right. That fall, and normally people that would break the neck of femur, it's somebody um, whose bones are a little bit more osteoporotic, so they're a bit weaker. I always think of the 70, 80 year olds that when I hear people break, when that happens, it's usually they're, they're much older and, and and just because of demographics, you know, again, stereotypes, but they usually, they they tend to be single only because their spouse is maybe already passed. So it puts them in a very specific group. Yeah. I mean, it's not the breaking of the bone that that is the problem. It's the rehabilitation. They might be bed bound for a little bit longer uh, although we encourage now in the UK almost immediately after the surgery to be back up on the feet and it's because the rehabilitation process is so much better it gets them up mm. if somebody's in a hospital bed their lungs aren't utilized fully so you don't fully inflate your lungs because you're lying in you're sort of lying in a funny position um, and therefore the base of the lungs becomes open to infection it's like a really stagnant oh, yeah. area where air's not flowing through so you're more likely to get pneumonia more likely to get pneumonia in hospital anyway and for a vulnerable age category that can be very dangerous but then it's also wastage of the muscle tissue during the rehabilitation stage people then become weaker so they, they start to it basically accelerates the decline process of somebody Yikes. at a certain age yeah. um, and it's as I say I mentioned my grandma was in hospital recently she's absolutely fine but as soon as I hear she's going to hospital alarm bells go because you think yeah. somebody of that You're, age the check boxes are all going off well, okay yeah. age lying in the bed pneumonia lungs <laughs> and, and the list goes on bed sores and Oh, man. I mean, you've got, to, when you need to go to hospital, you've got to go to hospital. It's the best place for you. But if you don't need to be in hospital, you don't want to be there because yeah. there are infections lurking around. And it's why cleaners and hospitals are probably one of the most valuable people. And, you know, people are so keen. I don't know whether it's like this in Canada, but everyone talks about getting consultants in hospitals. I'm sorry, but the, the cleaners are, are like a huge portion of keeping you alive. Mm. And the nursing staff are the ones that are checking on you day in, day out. Again, huge portion of keeping you alive. The consultants come 
in and direct the level of care. <laughs> yeah. And, and what's the next step? But but these are like if you don't have those people, people around. You're yeah, in and trouble. healthcare assistants that clean yeah. you down, make sure that your personal hygiene is good. And um, really, really like important members of the team that sadly just don't get any recognition, and people don't really appreciate when when they're there. So yeah, I think for all these reasons, I'm quite big on talking about falls and remembering that it doesn't matter what age you are. This is why doing like an exercise regime and weight, like using weights is so important mm. as you get older because yeah. it keeps your bones stronger. It uh, helps to increase your proprioception for um, your stability, keeping your back stable so you're not, you're less predisposed to falls in the first place. I, I think that whole, that whole exercise regime and I mean, your, your grandmother, she was, she's the, he gets five gold stars because she was the one who would get down on the ground and pa- practice getting up. That right? was after a fall. Yeah. yeah she, after, she, she got scared. Herself. Yeah. yeah. Well, she couldn't get up so that was it then she kept putting herself on the floor and getting up but she has made I think that generation of women are made of like really strong yeah. stuff there that's my grand same thing my, yeah. my nanny same thing she's about the same no no that's um uh, Agnes Agnes Salican and, uh, and and when she was uh, her pre-marriage name is Webb she's Agnes Webb from London so uh same thing just made a steal these women yeah, well, gosh, my grandma, She the reason she went into hospital was she had a bit of, a, like, quite severe leg pain. I say a bit. The fact that she had to take morphine, which in her life the strongest tablet she's ever taken is a paracetamol so that Must you know really it, yeah exactly it was it was pretty bad um she's discharged and she's fine now which is great did but they figure out what the pain was no they didn't they didn't mm-hmm. so probably like a trap nerve with okay. you know you think she might have just like funny yeah. in, in the bed and anything like that could kick off nerve pain but i thought you know what a strong woman in her life she's not until very recently she's had to go on some medication for heart failure only ever taken a paracetamol i mean wow. that's i pop a paracetamol every two minutes if I could for a headache or something you know <laughs> these women are just they're just so strong oh, yeah I don't, absolutely but the, the one thing she has got now which I think I shared with you some information on is a fall detector yeah so what how, how does that work it, it, it basically the fall detectors you can either get them that go around your neck you can get them that go around your wrist or you can actually get them in the, the most um, snazzy one is the apple watch uh-huh. and they've got a really cool fall detector and it accept it basically recognizes acceleration of movement mm. so if you suddenly accelerate very quickly downwards i don't know how it can detect levels but yeah. somehow it does it's got an altimeter built in is that what it is yeah, yeah. james you see this is why we need you because you've got the science <laughs> element of it um unless I, I know less about the physics side more yeah. about just the general <laughs> use of it um and it basically it then sends an alarm so if, if hers she's got a very basic one she I, we offered her the apple watch but she didn't fancy it so she's got a very basic one and it will alert the nurses that are in the building that she's mm. in to call an ambulance. But for some of the, the more snazzy, as I say, like the Apple Watch, it basically, it detects that you've fallen. It gives a beep to say, we recognise that you've fallen, swipe if you haven't. So if there's no swipe, it calls the emergency services and your contact of choice. And it gives you your location details as well nice. to, to navigate you there. Nice. So like, for instance, my dad and the emergency services would both come to um, to meet her at that, at that stage, which was really why I wanted her to, to get yeah. it. And it prevents this long lie situation. So there's no chance of bleeding out. There's no chance of muscle 
damage. There's no chance of missing tablets. No damage of hypothermia, which is a very real problem in the UK. Cold or floors. Cold floors if you don't have heated floors. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how many people have heated floors in the UK. But Not many. No, Canada, it, it's a new thing, but I, I don't know any houses that have it. So. But think about falling in Dubai everywhere, stone flooring here. I, I get worried when, when I have family come and, you know, we get dust. But when we occasionally do get rain... Yeah. A lot of the tile surfaces are not made for rain. They're made for beautiful weather. And so that granite that's that's beautifully polished gets oh. a little water on it. Just walking in the mall, someone's dropped a little bit of water out of a water bottle and you don't see it. You could go flying. I mean, I'm paranoid, but from the <laughs> other end of the scale. So like, obviously we've got two little boys. They go in the paddling pool oh, and yeah. they don't wipe their feet properly. And we've just moved to Villa and the stairs are like... <sighs> I, I'm terrified and yeah. I think I'm, I'm literally about the three the three next week and I'm about to have staircates installed again because I just don't feel comfortable them running up and down yeah. stone stairs yeah, I've yeah. got extra high ones yeah. extra big because I think it just takes one slip and that is one hard surface to fall on. And I always think, you know, back in Canada, we had carpeting all over yeah. everything and, and it was wood, you know, wood constructed home, not a concrete constructed yeah. home. Here, my big issue would be if, if any of my, my parents or my, my in-laws came is we've got this giant Labrador, you know, a hundred pound lab who drools, you know, <laughs> he, he sees a, a peanut butter cookie coming his way. You know, we make him his own snacks. You, you forget it. He's, there's a faucet running out of his mouth as he's waiting and then he, he leaves and he leaves this trail of drool that doesn't evaporate very quick if you don't see it and you you hit that and you know with with some flip-flops on or barefoot you're gonna go flying you've got one lucky dog you bake your dog special yeah, cookies we make, we make oh them dog my treats goodness. my wife makes some dog treats I still want to meet him, James. But the other thing about dogs as well is sometimes they don't even realize their own strength and they oh. can knock knock people over. Oh, yeah, yeah. Somebody that's sort of knock stuff. The, the tail on this dog, we call it the whacker because any, you know, you have a coffee table and you, you might have your water on it, that water that you've got sitting in front of you now, he'd knock that off. You got a cup there, you know, maybe you've just got a nice, you know, glass of, you know, Pinot Noir or something and forget it. It's gone. It's, it's, Can I, I'll, I'll let you in on a secret. I always wanted a Labrador and then one day a friend came around with their, their beautiful, beautiful black Labrador and exactly the scenario. We'd set up the coffee table. Oh, yeah. we'd, we'd set up foods and drinks and everything got destroyed on this coffee table. And that night going to bed, me and my husband were like, yeah, I think we'll, think, well, we'll stick with the little dogs. <laughs> something, something a bit more gentle. But yeah, dogs, like they, they push people, they, yeah. they pull people. Yeah. But this is less the problem with elderly falls yeah. and in fact have you seen the videos of the dogs that are walking with the their elderly owners and the dogs tend to accommodate them by yeah. walking slower and <laughs> it's just it's so it's so gorgeous and i often think you know having that pet around also would be something to, to comfort you if you do fall maybe they can help you get up if you if you've you know got a service dog and maybe that becomes more of an issue is is creating some of these service pets to to be able to give you that assistance or mm -hmm. even to notify somebody else yeah. sometimes there are ways that you can train dogs to notify even if it's just constant bark. barking yeah if you're got a, if you're living in a, a building and you've got a dog and it constant it's not stopping to bark i think your neighbors are going to go what's going on over there i think <laughs> well, well this is the other thing is just about trying to avoid um elderly people that are vulnerable living on their own yeah. and i know some people insist on it and they, they want to and you know ultimately they've assessed the risks and that's yeah. what they want to do that's their choice but for me personally i know over a certain age i don't think i would want to and i know that that was something prior to my grandma moving to 
the accommodation she's in now, that was always her apprehension, yeah. is, is living on your own. You kind of, you want your independence. Well, you get those horror stories and that's the, the problem, especially, you know, we're, we're going to jump back to COVID for a second, but a lot of the places where you've had severe issues have been in nursing homes or in extended living homes or whatever you want to call them. There, those have been in in some of the scenarios, at least back home. Those have been hotspots because of that, and and well, I think that gives people a bit of fear. But what came first, the chicken or the egg? Is yeah. it is it that the hotspots because of the environment that they're in, or is it that the hotspots because of the people that are living in yeah. them? Um, yeah. and, and let's face it, COVID definitely over the age of seventy is much more rife than it is, say, pre twenties. Yeah. You know, it's definitely got an age preference. Sadly, as a virus, um, as does the flu, which is why certain people get jabs and other people are not necessarily eligible on their national health services so it's kind of it is scary but at the same time there are other benefits to being in these places but I think more so the horrors uh, and again I speak with regards to in England is people are frightened about what kind of place they go to because Mm. there are some excellent ones you know well that's the thing right it's a it's a great opportunity to reinvent and I remember uh, a good friend who, who used to live here and has moved back home Chris Rines, he used to always say, you know, the, the industry to start thinking about is reinventing mm-hmm. the assisted living for the future and thinking about how are we going to make this work and make it affordable and, and have those graduations that are in there. And there's already system in place, but how can we make it better and how can we make it work in, in, a, in a more effective way? And and I don't think people have really solved that yet. So I, I think that becomes interesting. No, and, and it needs to be co- like a cost-effective way because yeah. the problem is for people to access the really great nursing homes or the really great... Yeah. Who's got that money? Shelter accommodation, <laughs> but that's it. You, you know, you, you, you obviously you often don't. My grandma always says that her and my granddad had a great life, but the outcome was is that they didn't have any money when they were yeah. older and they, they, you know, they didn't really have anything for their retirement. And so it was, it was a harder time. Yeah. And if your family doesn't have the money to provide to support you, which often... Often people don't. Yeah. And, and sometimes you think so much about budgeting for your children. You often don't think about budgeting for your parents. And and I think I've mentioned this statistic to you, but uh, seeing as your brain's a bit more foggy today, James, <laughs> I best chat with you remember. <laughs> if it was me, I just wouldn't remember. But you, as I say, your memory's not usually like solid. Um, is that 60% or one time when I was working in the hospitals, there were 60% of beds occupied by people, elderly people that didn't need any medical intervention, but there was just nowhere for them to go. They couldn't go home. Occupational health and physiotherapy had decided they were not safe to live alone because of the risk of falls. Um, But there was nowhere for them to go because the nursing homes that were provided by the government were full. Yeah. And people often don't want to go there because some of them are just not that great. You yeah. know, often in the middle of the night, you get a patient arrive into A&E and, and they can be provided, be provided with no handover. Nobody knows anything about them. They don't know what medications they're taking. And you think, goodness, you're looking after these people day to day. Yeah. How do you not know these things? Well, and you know what, for me, that, that becomes that big issue. One, general practitioners, we need someone that's yeah. going to follow things. But also, I, I'm increasingly thinking, you know, I'm always looking at alternative careers. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> always, yeah. I'm, I'm still thinking occupational therapist might be a route, a route to go. Or sorry, uh, what was it? It wasn't occupational therapist. It was was some other therapist you had i forget what it was was that the play therapist yeah yeah that was it the children yeah the play yeah. Ther- i think i still think that's good and uh we used to do one of those music with sandy music with Sa- <laughs> is this what you did in school <laughs> no i did this with my boys oh, right. my wife did and sandy it was music with sandy at the y and we go and it was one of these play group things and she played the guitar i think she played two chords it was awesome i have to say children seem to respond well to music yeah. luckily for my, my dog does too <laughs> 
<laughs> as soon as I whip out the guitar and I'm just going through some chord progressions, no song, because I don't know any songs yet, and I'm just playing nonsense, the dog comes and he, he listens and he lies down at my feet. Are you learning to play the guitar? Yeah. I've just, I've just bought a guitar. I've Excellent. just bought a guitar. Because I, I don't want to learn much, but because I like making up stupid riddles for children. So you know what you got to do? What? You got to go online to YouTube. That's yeah. how I'm learning. That's Mar- Marty Schwartz. Marty Schwartz. Marty Schwartz. Hey, is he like this guy? My, my brother reminded me of <laughs> You said Jack. that just like, uh, you know who else said just like that? Is, is, um, is uh, Lloydie over at Dubai Eye. Mark Lloyd, Dubai I 103.8. Every time he talks about Schwartz's The Sandwich Place for Smoked Meat Sandwich in Montreal, he says it just like you said. Is he a dirty scouser as well? I maybe actually. Is he British? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I don't know who he is, but potentially he's a dirty scouser. So when, next time you're in your car, he's on the noontime show on Dubai I. Give it a listen and you'll, you'll know right away. Uh, you seem to forget that I have two toddlers in the car with me <laughs> listening to anything that isn't yeah, it's, Paw it's, Patrol or Blippi. Yeah. this guy Blippi? Like, yeah, I don't know that one. Um, yeah, he does these. Yeah, it, we were, we were um, Bob the Builder. Yeah. And yeah. anything to do with... Um, what are the trains called? How can I forget that? Thomas the Tank Engine. Yeah, everything yeah. to do with Tom. All Thomas, all Bob the Builder. And when my son's got a little bit older, my youngest specifically, Stitch. Everything to do with Stitch. The I recognize the name, but I don't know. We've not we've not yeah. encountered Stitch. At the moment, we're going through a phase of Spider-Man. And it's quite oh, funny because go. 18 years ago, my cousin was obsessed with Spider-Man <laughs> and making spidey webs. Yeah. And now the boys, they're obsessed. And okay. I think, gosh, 18 years difference and it yeah. hasn't changed. We've not- I, Ben 10? Like, ben 10? No, not heard of oh, Ben 10. Oh, look at Ben 10. That's good stuff. Blue's Clues. We loved Blue's Clues as well. I'm a bit nervous trying to get them into too much because it, it becomes quite an expensive thing because they say, uh, really like yeah. a Peppa Pig toy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, right, well, well, maybe not. And for their birthday, they insisted um, on this Spider-Man cake. Now in England, you can go yeah. into Asda and buy a Spider-Man cake yeah. for 60 dirhams. Yes. That is not possible in Dubai. No. So I thought I got a good deal with Mr. Baker, but it's quite extravagantly larger than 60 dirhams. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like these are all the joys. So, so sadly listening to Dubai eyes, much as I love the yeah. show is yeah, it's not going to happen. Yeah. It, listening or reading a book, <laughs> it hasn't happened either. So I don't really feel like educationally I've, I've come on in the last three years. <laughs> I think I might need to wait another few. It, yeah, no, it's not going to change for many, many. It's just new things coming to <laughs> new things will now occupy your brain. Don't worry. Even once they, they graduate and they've got jobs, you're still going to be, Oh, I wonder what. Yeah. Well, you've not oh, seen. Oh, I've got the great, the best one. one. I got the best one for you. So one of my sons is an epic lifeguard, right? So he's finishing university and you know, we, this is as parents, I, I'm going to pat myself on the back and my wife, we're patting ourselves on the back because we, we accommodated him and really planned a lot of vacations around making sure that he could get all of his, his instructor and lifeguard training back in Canada so that eventually he'd be able to get a job doing that when he's going to school, which he did. And and so he's, he's really gone up the ranks very nicely. And, you know, he, he's now working on being an examiner and first aid Ooh. trainer and all that. So it's really cool. And he works in these pools. And yesterday he sends us this picture. He says, so he's at the pool and the pool's still open, but it's two lifeguards are on deck for eight people which is, you know, he's, he's certified for 30. He can- I was gonna say, it seems like two yeah. to four rate or one yeah. to four ratio seems quite extreme. Yeah, they've gone extreme. But he says this woman came in and she's got her bra on as a mask. What? She's wearing- Where's the other cup go? It was just hanging there. And, he, and I said, you, got, you can't be serious. He goes, and he says to, to, to add insult to injury, 
it's kind of a lacy bra. So it's not like it's even doing anything. She, so I said, you, you can't be serious. And so I don't know if he asked her if he could take a picture or whatever. He was bit, no, say but, but why not? Yeah. And, and it was literally one cup took the strap that go over your shoulder behind your head and the other cup was just hanging as a chin guard. That's absolutely wonderful. <laughs> but and I'm thinking, you know, she can get two uses out of it and you already, if she's got a drawer full of bras, she doesn't have to go and invest in anything. And my wife buys bras from a, a company back home and they actually make not shape like bras, but using the same material as are in the bras, they make these face masks that have some ridiculous 98% filtration rate and blah, really? blah. And, <laughs> and they're really nice looking, but it's essentially the same materials that's used in the bras. Well, I can imagine that's probably quite nice and soft against oh, your skin because bras, you know, yeah, yeah. you pointed out as you were putting my microphone on the fabric I'm wearing creepy. is not particularly, yeah. It's like, it feels like crepe paper. I don't think I'm ever going to be able to wash it and iron it on my own. So I was wondering um, if it was comfortable because it felt like it would really scratch your skin. But do you not find so this um, a few of the masks that I got I got a few sparkly masks and I found that most of them feel like crepe yeah, yeah, yeah. they're really uncomfortable it's like sandpaper on your skin yeah. um, whereas some of the softer ones are lovely but there's there's a really great video from the Prime Minister's announcement last night in the UK and a woman takes off her surgical mask takes her glasses and is using a mask they've zoomed in she's literally for a good five minutes using a mask to clean the glasses and it's like it just says you couldn't make this up it's like of course that's not the way you're not meant to use your mask how much rubbish must your glasses yeah. have on yeah i mean i probably I'll, I'll go three four three four five masks a day like yeah a, but you're you're obsessed i'm a little obsessed yeah i mean it, yeah there's this end of the spectrum things <laughs> you're definitely I, i'm happy to see though all these this new stuff that you've got on the microphone and yeah. the headphones but you know what that's but that's the rove hotel they've they've accommodated Did they do that? yeah they've done that's all brilliant. this they they've set up this whole suite with all these mics they've gotten all the the gear which is uh, really cool. Yeah, well, it's definitely fits with this new new era. Yeah. But you know, um, just very quickly, uh, talking about COVID, because uh, just one thing I want we've to kind of, We've done like a full circle. We right have, we've done a th It's just hard not to talk about COVID. Yeah. It, it, you know, it's sort of doom ahead in that it occupies yeah. so wanna, much of everything. I, I got to say one thing, and, and it's, and it, it's a it's a pure shout out because I've talking to a lot of folks back in Canada and there's a lot of people who are just not doing their part and uh, and I I kind of say you know hey I want to come home at Christmas time so you people better do your part so that it facilitates me coming home easier and the one person who's doing his part is Joey Woo Woo and that's my brother <laughs> and Joey Woo Woo is doing his part because he works in a in a red zone but he doesn't live in a red zone and so he makes a point of you know, maybe he's antisocial, maybe not, but he's saying, look, I can't get together with a bunch of people because if, if I for somehow get COVID, then I don't get paid. And I don't want to, if someone in my family gets it, I still don't get paid because I can't go to work. So I don't want to, I don't want to get, I don't want to be that person. So he kind of, he does his part. I mean, it's, I, I have quite a lot of sympathy with people, to be honest, because we've touched on the mental health thing. Yeah. And also I, I think it's hard to keep people locked away for so okay, long. Yeah. I, I get, I totally get what you're saying and it's right. And I think we have to listen to the guidance that we're given. It's the first time in my life that I've never had social gatherings. I always yeah. loved having people around the house for our boy's birthday. We're not having a birthday party. You know, we're, we're, we really have reined it all in because I think everyone's at the end of the tether. And it's yeah. like, let's just... Like Thanksgiving in Canada just passed. And I mean, that's a big one. Yeah. And Halloween is coming. And Christmas. And Christmas. I mean, that's the big one. It, it's, I think I, I'm pretty certain and no one's saying it. So in Canada, Dr. Tam is the the doctor who's you know the the national level, and then each of the provinces obviously has their own specialist. But I think they're waiting for the ten days 
post Thanksgiving to see, okay, what happens? And if the numbers stay where they are, then they're going to say, Hey, maybe we've, we've got something, we're doing something right. And if they don't, I think there's going to be a lot of questions asked. I think there's one thing to look at the, the numbers and another to consider the death rate. I think yeah. I think that some maybe the focus needs to change to consider mm, that more mm. so than or the rate of people that need uh, ventilators. The, or the w- rate of recoveries. I think those are those are interesting numbers that they play here a lot. So you have how many infections and how many recoveries and how many deaths. And those numbers are typically, you know, I mean, I'm looking at Dubai numbers yesterday. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was a thousand and change for the number of infections. It was about a thousand for the number of recoveries. And I think there was one death. But, but how none. many? Well, that's it. And for instance, people keep getting excited or, you know, making a fuss about the fact that I had COVID. But really, is it something? To, is that something to make a fuss out of? I did. Right. I, I was completely. I just means I can make smelly food, and you're not going to have an issue with it. So I'm thinking. No, I know you can bring one of those juices that, you, that they drink, James. But I think I think we need. To you can taste it either, then, right? So I could make no, you one I, of my bubble ganoush juices. No, absolutely not, James. Absolutely not, because the look of it, I still have the sense of, of, of sight. Did I ever bring you the bubble ganoush juice? <laughs> I, d- I don't. I don't think I need to see it. Do James. you know what bubble ganoush is, right? You know, that's the eggplant that you. Put, oh my gosh! You put it in a drink. I, I juice eggplants. James, you you juice some funky stuff. I juice. I I love my vegetables. I love them. But there's a time and a place and a way that they should be eaten. And the way that you do it, it's just, it's beyond me. I was at the juice, I was at my juice place yesterday where I go and buy all the vegetables and I drop something and then I just put it in the bag. And the guy goes, what what are you doing? I said, yeah, you're not going to eat that. It's bruised. I said, I'm going to juice it. And he's going, what? You're going to drink that? I said, yeah. He just looked at me and he just shook his head. (laughs) <laughs> on that note. What a way to finish. <laughs> yeah, whew. Joey Woo Woo's listening right now. Cause, and actually he's been asking about you. He's been saying, hey, what's going on with the doctor? I, w- I want to meet Joey Woo Woo. Yeah. Well, I'm waiting to meet him. Yeah, maybe he'll come back and visit. I keep hoping. Well, let's just <laughs> hope anyone can visit. Yeah. <laughs> Post-COVID, let's hope. Let's yeah. hope. Anyway, on that note, it's time that we say goodbye and we'll do it all again really soon. If you want to get in touch with us, it's really easy www.potaholics.com that's potaholics with a k find us on the socials the same way or drop us an email potaholics with a k at gmail.com dr jenna burton is doc talk i'm james pikeway we'll be back at you really really soon 